The Outstanding Society was asked to provide a learning lounge at the residential and home care show held at the XL London in April 2023. We were very lucky to have such amazing panellists throughout the show, which made the sessions not only informative, but also fun. This podcast is a recording of one of our panel discussions. Prove it or lose it. How do you show how good your service is during your CQC inspection? The directors are joined by Michael Slater, Alex Ball, York Woodford-Smith and Rob Hargreaves, each giving their own thoughts and suggestions to make sure you achieve the best possible result. This session is called Prove It or Lose It. Time to shine during your CQC inspection. How on earth do you show how good you are consistently? A CQC inspection is a snapshot. It's a Polaroid image of one day in your service. You need to be reassured that you are acting in that way, in that capacity. Your residents are experiencing those things every single day. I'm, I'm blessed to be joined by such a, an amazing group of people. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. My name is Mike Slater. I'm a superintendent pharmacist for my own business. Um, I'm also a clinical pharmacist for a primary care network, so I work closely with GP practices and I'm also an education lead for a GP federation for the whole of West Sussex, so I kind of have a bit of an oversight of how things are within the other side of what you see every day as well. Um, part of my work has been to engage closely with local care homes to, to help them through these sorts of things. Um, happy to help wherever I can. Hi, my name is Alex Ball. I'm the operations manager at Stowe Healthcare Group. Um, we take over failed homes and turn them around into good and outstanding homes. We've got eight homes in East Anglia and four out of the eight are rated outstanding. Hello, I'm York Woodford-Smith, the founder and managing director of a company called Five on a Bike. Uh, we make video content for care homes and home care companies and other care sector organisations um, uh, around marketing and recruitment and communications. Hi, I'm Rob Hargreaves. I'm Information Service Manager at Skills for Care. Uh, I manage our national information team and one of the most common questions we get asked is how do I meet this, what the CQC is looking for? So over the last five or six years we've been developing more and more uh, resources to help you achieve good and outstanding, working very closely with the Outstanding Society. We've also got all of the directors of the OS, so if I can ask everyone, all of the directors either to stand up, Ruth, come on, stand up then, and wave, because they're all here as well. So we're all going to be chipping in, and I will allow a lot of time for questions at the end, because I have never seen a closing session of any show ever with this many people, so I'm a little bit floored. Um, I'm flawed as well, but that's a different issue. Talk to my therapist about that later. Um, your inspection doesn't start when your inspector walks in. Your inspection starts the day your last one ends. Keep that in mind. It is a process, and I've just been over on the other, um, in one of the other theatres, talking about this. And it's very much so about the way that you manage your narrative, you manage your conversation, and how you speak to your inspectors. James Rycroft at VIDA was talking earlier about how you manage the process of knowing and giving your team that confidence around the inspection. So a lot of it about proving it 
is that proof that your team have that confidence that the care that they're delivering on a daily basis is there. We all know that if things aren't written down, if they never happened, right? That's what we say when we're talking about care plans. It's not in, if it's not in that pen picture or pen portrait, now probably fingerprint on an iPad portrait, it didn't happen. So you need to make sure, from my perspective at The Close, we're very passionate about our language, our rhetoric. We have a whole framework around the way that we talk about situations, incidences and things like this. What's important, and I guess coming from a medicine's point of view, Mike, I'm going to come to you first because this is the big one. Everyone thinks safe is just about medications. Is it? No, not not at all. Um, so there's there there is there is quite a large part of safe which is about medicines, um, and obviously that's my kind of expertise area. Um, but essentially, safe is all the other things around. Um, Infection control, safeguarding, um, uh, how how someone within your service feels day to day. That's it. If they if they feel safe and are uh, happy within their service, then then that, that's what the inspectors are looking for. So that's as Sanjay says, it's you've got to prime those people and and empower them to feel that they are able to tell an inspector that sort of thing. Being good with medication and around medicine safety, what? what are some great practices that you've seen or that you advocate for when looking at a time of inspection get other people involved that's that's the that's the one that i would say is the easiest win for anybody there are lots of people out there um uh, to help you do this you don't have to go through it on your own um as as you say i'm I'm a pharmacist, um, at the heart of what I do is all about medications. If you can get a tame pharmacist anywhere near your home just to ask them some questions or do some audits, some external work, anything like that, and get them to speak to the inspector on the day, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of time for an inspector to make a, a, a phone call or a, a chat to a pharmacist about how your home manages medications, errors, uh, all the things that we kind of have in our documented policies and it's all written down beautifully hopefully um, then actually you're, you're allowing a third party to say actually these people are doing a really good job and we know this because we hear from them all the time about this stuff. A huge element of safe also is around risk positive behaviour. We generally as care home operators, managers and people that work in care homes are terrified of risk. Oh you can't do that. You can't do this, it's scary. Something that the regulators are actually looking for is how a service addresses risk in a safe way. So absolutely knowing that this is a challenging situation, harm may or may not occur, but it's the fact that have you considered it and how have you balanced those, those prospects? So we had a resident that wanted a job and we were like, what can they do? This resident was in our bistro all day, every day. So we said, fine, you can work in the bistro. Now, instantly, a couple of the people that worked for us was like, oh my God, we can't do that. There are chemicals. There are chemicals, scary, scary chemicals. They're going to die. They're going to drink them. You know, everyone wants to do that. No, nobody wants to drink that. Like, it's fine. Um, so, and it's amazing how when you go through that process, we went through the training, supported that individual, and every day they felt like they had a job at the care home. The regulator loved it. It's in our CQC report because it meant that we had allowed and facilitated them to lead a full-on independent life. They were doing things. We have people that go out with our gardener. They've got a uniform. They've got a jacket. They're actually involved in taking care of the gardens. 
Um, and so it, being risk positive is actually a huge part of SAFE. Now, something that we're going to talk about, just going to plug it, is our masterclass series. And the master series is something that the OS is putting on and you can basically book onto each individual Chloe and we will go through them with you and show you how we've actually done that. So if you haven't registered for them, they're very, very, very advised. You can buy all five or you can just pick the individual Chloe's that you want to. There you go, Zoe, I did it. Alex, Alex is queen at Stowe Healthcare of proving stuff because you enter loads of different awards, you enter loads of different processes, you're able to, to you've got a language at Stowe about the way that you write things down. What do you do, tell, can you tell some of the audience about how you prove things? Yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier at the beginning, it's like your inspection starts from the day after you were last inspected and the day of your inspection is a snapshot of what you do and you do great stuff every day and you're never going to remember every single thing that you do that's amazing on the day of your inspection so it's how you capture that and present that to your inspector on the day because some homes we're seeing now are going four five years without an inspection so you can't remember all of that great stuff and um, for us at Stowe, um, it's, it's her baby, so Ruth, I'll shout out to her, has um, put together an outstanding template and it's not just Ruth that fills that in, it's not just me, it's the staff that are doing the great stuff every day. They It's getting them to recognise what they're doing is outstanding and capturing that in their words, in their eyes and providing that to your inspectors because that's first hand getting everybody on board and really sharing all the great stuff that you're doing. There is no one person in your in your service that's providing outstanding care, it is your whole team. And then we take all of that stuff and we, it, it's hand, it's given to us on a plate to write award nominations. Your, like your team are providing your evidence with what you're putting into your award nominations. So we've had some real great success at the award nominations, but it's because the information we're providing is real authentic stuff from the people that are doing it every day we're not making it up it's it's coming straight from them so and having judged awards and a lot of awards we go through them and we know when it's written by a marketing person straight away we know when those awards are fake we know it, we can read it and we're like, that never happened. Um, but also we can read them and know that somebody very disconnected from the front line has written them. And we can tell straight away. So that's why those are so important because actually you know when they're written. How did you build a culture where people would write, it for, would write those um, wind sheets for you? I guess it's just the understanding of why and that's keep asking yourself why are we doing this um, we've just done um, a big work on nutrition and introduced a kind of self-service breakfast for our homes because we've got people that can butter their own toast and we've been doing it for them but why are we doing it for them because they can do it themselves and they might like less butter than you're putting on so they can do that from the, for themselves and then you say why so they then eat the breakfast that they've put together and they're enjoying it and they're getting they're getting what they need from it so keep going why why am i doing this what is the outcome what is the benefit it's having to the people that you're looking after the staff that are doing the job because that's where the kind of quality and the outstanding golden nuggets are coming from it's that 
it's those outcomes for the people that we're looking after. What's your job title now, Alex? I am operations manager for the group. Where did you start in your group? I was a kitchen assistant 11 years ago. Right? Is that not... <laughs> that in itself speaks of a business that supports its people, which is why you get this dedication, commitment, and that culture driving through the entire focus of the DNA. Sam, Samantha Crawley over here, hello, um, said earlier on today, it is very much about the fact that your, your inspection is in the hands of your kitchen assistants as much as it is in your clinical lead. So be aware that having a, having a, a lack of fear around a period of inspection, not being scared and letting your carers know that this is going to happen, this is an inevitable. But the question is, do you, do you want to feel victimized by an inspection or do you want to be in control of it? And let because them provide the great ideas. Like the great ideas don't yeah. just come from the top. They are there doing it every day and they say, oh, why don't we do it like this? Like it inspires them, it gets them on board and it gets them engaged in what you're doing. York, social media is so out there now every single home has an instagram or a tiktok or a facebook page most importantly we all have websites because we know that's now the front door of our businesses when we talk about media and content that we're loading what what do you what do we need to be very considerate of and what can you give us for free so we don't have to pay a massive consultancy okay <clears throat> so um I, I think i'm talking about proving it right so yeah. I, I heard a rumour, um, and I'm not sure this is true, but CQC inspectors are actually human beings <gasps> and, uh, and feel human emotions, I've heard. I even spoke to one earlier who seemed like a genuine human being. Did you being. survive? I survived. There it you was go. A very pleasant conversation it was. Um, ultimately, they need to be shown. So in, in my role and in my company, we create content that enhances the work that you guys do. And you know, if we get a resident on camera talking about how excellent the home is and how much they've received and how good they feel about it, if we hear from the families, that's gonna create really positive results. So the CQC inspector I talked to earlier, and I've, and I've had this experience with a few different people I've talked to, who said they do check out the mm -hmm. content. That's part of that thing before they come on the day, they'll have a look at the website, they'll watch some videos there. If you've got an amazing video on your website, about the vision and values of your organization, you're setting the groundwork for them to come in, you're setting the agenda. As uh, one group that we work with, a home care company, who literally sat the inspector down at the beginning of the thing and said, look, here are, here are our videos, here's testimonials from our team members, here's testimonials from the people we care for. That's amazing. You know, sh like show them, get out there, front foot forward, and re you know, really get on with it. And then in terms of, of, of what you show, you know, just be truthful and be honest and show who you really are as an organization. You know, like you said, when when it's bullshit, the, the, the awards application, you can tell. Oh, we can tell. Because marketing doesn't really, you know, you can trick people and you can say, well, you know, this is really good. But ultimately, they will find out in the end. So you have to, at, at your core, be a good organization and actually do good stuff and then use the marketing to enhance that and really show, and really show that off. I love Five on a Bike, and I think that they're absolutely fantastic at what they do, and I hope I'm not going to set you up for a floor here, but do you guys do, like, a social media training course for care homes? 
No, no, we don't. Can no. you? Because <laughs> that is something I would absolutely buy. Now, I know what I want, but Paige, who's our amazing activities person, could really value some mm. some time to give you a couple, like a day of tips and tricks from. I think I think the t the tip is don't be scared of it. You know, don't find a reason not to do it. You know, and it's really I I've got. Uh, uh, a separate business. I, I run a coffee shop, and I have to do social media for that every day. It's exhausting. Like it's you have to think of new stuff. It's actually quite difficult. We have this as assumption that we can give it to someone who's 19 who knows how to use Twitter. The actual difficult bit is thinking up the ideas and coming up with the content that's relevant to your organisation. So maybe what you need is to think strategically about what you want to post about, but then let someone who's got the technical skills to to put that online. Yeah. But yeah, don't yeah, don't be afraid. Ask for permission. You know, there'll be certain circumstances like we rarely work on dementia floors when we're filming because it just does it's just not appropriate to do that. So try and work with residents who've got capacity and get them involved, you know, get to get to local events, just do interesting stuff and take pictures of it and should videos. we capture what we do or should we do and then as in Essentially, that made sense in my head. No, I know what you mean. Because we do have a bit of a culture where we yeah. kind of do stuff because we, it looks good for. I don't Instagram. want to service Instagram. I yeah, want to service think, the residents, yeah, right? I think you need to put the resident first, and then if it's interesting, make a video out of it. You know, there's definitely moments where when we go into a home to make a video about it, we want you to put your best foot forward. You know, so you're not going to do flower arranging every day in your home because it's just not practical to do that. But we might say, okay, well, let's do flower arranging as an example of the event. But what you could do is just record it as evidence for CQC. So you just get your phone out and say, okay, well, we've, we did this activity on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday, this on Thursday, and almost think about it like a research paper where you're submitting evidence for the CQC. And, and I know you can now literally email stuff through to them and get can these bits. Can I just jump in on the um, social media stuff? Yep. And what we do um, sort of on a month basis is um, we'll go through our social media and look at key posts that you can then print and use as your evidence. So you're doing something, you're putting it on your platform, but what you'll then get is your community, your followers commenting on it saying, this is great, or we put something about um, a member of staff and an award they've won, and you get people commenting. Um, and our group, so we've got eight homes, but it's a kind of a community on our Facebook page, and you'll get staff from other homes congratulating a member of staff and it's all in the comments and it's really lovely to read so we take all of that screenshot it print it out and put it in your folder because it's evidence for you it's really easy evidence that you're putting up there anyway but print it out and use it rob can you tell us um so ruth and i did a amazing session for skill it was amazing i say it myself <laughs> um all right in the cheap seats um so <laughs> We did that amazing session about proving and evidence and collating information. Can you talk to talk to the people about how and what and where it fits? Yeah, and I think what what we've done at Skills Care is is recorded a number of webinars. We deliver them live, and we involve the Outstanding Society in a lot of them. And um, last month, uh, start of March, we did one all around yeah. um, evidence into the CQC, which um, which um, Sanjay and Ruth both um, appeared on. Um, it was our most booked onto webinar ever. It's been our most watched webinar ever because 
um, but it's really practical and it's uh, it's um, 45 minutes long it sits on our website it's supported by some resources it helps you to take a little bit of closer look at what other organizations are doing in terms of the gathering of evidence so definitely a, a watch um, which we'd recommend it's quite an exciting year um, because of course the CQC is changing their inspection so later this year the CQC are ripping up the Chloe's and introducing 34 new quality statements that they'll be looking at so I think you're all very excited about that. I don't think anybody here is remotely daunted about the, these changes. Um, but if you are, or if you just want to know what, what does good or best practice look like in this new world, the Outstanding Society uh, have been working with us on a inspection toolkit which we launched at the end of March. And for each of the 34 quality statements, there are a minimum of 10 recommendations what providers should be thinking about doing. And when we were asking providers, are you ready? Most of them said, no, we're not, but we are starting to have those conversations with our team. And so the idea of these recommendations uh, in, the, in, in the inspection toolkit is simply to have those conversations at a manager level, at a staff team level, with the people you support and their families and relatives to start gathering the evidence of the new inspection. Now, of course, probably about 80% of the, the inspection focus isn't wildly different to what the CQC is currently looking at, but some is workforce well-being, helping people to um, speak outside of um, uh, freedom to speak up, um, the workforce equality, diversity and inclusion, environmental sustainability, the, s the stuff that the CQC has not asked about before. And I think that's where some services who are really wanting to achieve good or certainly stretch themselves towards outstanding probably that's the area of focus to really kind of have the, conversa have the conversations with your team um, and identify you know, what have we got, what, we could, what could we tell an inspector and, and coming back to York's point is what could we actually submit early? You know, if, if the CQC are, are inspecting now based on risk assessment and that is as much as about organisations who are doing great stuff as much as it is those falling below the standards, when they introduce these inspection changes be at the forefront of saying, come and see us, look at what we're doing. We've already got loads to show you around environmental sustainability. CQC will want to make sure that this is a success, so they'll want to be recognising those organisations who are doing great stuff. There is a slight nuance with the quality statements that should be understood, that the quality statements, a lot of them go back to regulations that exist. So you all know your regs and your folders, your sevens and your 14s and whatever. What's very, very important is that, for example, ESG is in as a quality statement. So to have, for example, environmental sustainability governance will be marked in well-led and will be judged in well-led. However, they cannot um, regulate you for that. So it's a bit of a dichotomy that, that, that we're in. But the trick is, as long as you know your quality statements and know how to action them, you'll be absolutely fine because you'll be able to evidence everything that's going on. There's a complexity here with, with the Outstanding Society and we, we, were, we were quite stuck until we managed to bring on Caroline. Um, Caroline works in home care and domiciliary care and our question is how does this relate to home care providers because they're often a very big forgotten sector of our, our sector. They're a very big department almost, an industry. So talk to us about proving it within the dom care space. Thanks Sanjay. Can you all hear me at the back? Okay, yeah. Um, how many are from Domcare here? 
Ooh, I like that. Massive majority. I like that. That's really, really good. Okay. Um, a lot of what's been talked about already can be used in dom care. Um, we we look at residential reports, CQC reports, and look at what we can flex for dom care. Um, we ask questions so around meds management. So okay, residential are managing meds in this way, and there's quite easy and um, there's a good flow of communication with GP practices, certainly in my area that we practice, but there's not with dom care. So I, I'm pushing the boundaries saying, well, why is that the case? Why, why are you liaising with residential and you're potentially putting service users at risk by not liaising with dom care? But going back to what a few people have said, and the, I think the trend over the last couple of days is, it's great showcasing all this on social media, but drill down, and I'm not saying don't do that, do it, but drill down, why does that make a difference to the service user, the client, the resident, the person? Because that's what CQC will ask. That That's all well and good. That activity looks amazing. That outing that you took your clients to looks great. But what, what was the end result for the service user? Why did it make a difference? Why does winning that award make a difference to your client? And, and it does make a difference, but you need to sit down and think about that. What are the answers to it? And I think from a dom care perspective, We've really done a lot of work around staff engagement over the last couple of years. There's, there's the challenges with recruitment retention, we know all that. Um, but we have got a really engaged staff team and we're commented on that a lot by um, external people and training companies that we work with. And we don't have pots and pots of money to do this work, we, we don't. Um, but we have really utilised the skills of our team. And um, For example, one thing we've done in, in our setting is we set up a service improvement strategy whereby different uh, staff members, so care team members, senior team members, admin team members, feed into that and we meet quarterly and we say, right, okay, this is what's going great, that's, that's really good, we should all have areas of that, but what's not going as well, what's not working as well, what can we do about it? So, uh, just a couple of tips, really, from me. You have to, okay. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Right, so, um, I think the biggest takeaway, we'll go to questions now, so if you've got some, prepare them. The biggest takeaway that we've heard throughout the whole floor um, and all of the speakers throughout the last two days um, is that actually proving it means that you have to be doing it, number one. Um, it means making it clear and concise and communicating it and making sure that people know it's going on. But more importantly, it needs to be consistent. It needs to be happening regularly. It can't just be that one-off. So that's a massive, massive part of it um, and making sure that we continue to do it and shout and celebrate. And as we said, the OS is very much about celebrating best practice in the sector. A lot of the tables have the, the QR code that'll take you through to the master series. There are very few limited spaces still available and some of the Chloe's I think are really close to selling out anyway. So if you need to sign up on that, it's on our website, on our app, everywhere else. But now if we can go to questions, if, is there any, any questions? Can I? Sam's good. Oh, go on, Zoe. I'll just come in quickly. So, so I was in the very lucky position of, of having Mike, the pharmacist, look after our nursing home. And going back to the evidence, um, we said this morning in the, in the theatre, get people to contact the CQC, provide feedback through the CQC button. It's not just about complaints. 
our pharmacist, the work that we do with the pharmacy was absolutely amazing. Mike actually fed back on the CQC website. When our inspector turned up, I was on the phone to Mike saying, actually, have you got five minutes to, to pop round and meet with the inspector? So don't just use residents and your team members, use professionals as well. I'm going to talk about Mike as well, but in a different way. I'm going to talk to Mike, really. Mike, if a, lot of, a lot of years ago, when I wasn't as old, I, I joined a company that um, they were very proud to say they had no meds errors. Uh, it's true, they did. They said that. So from a, from a pharmacy perspective, there's a couple of things. One, would you ever believe that? And two, how can we use meds errors to actually demonstrate outstanding? Um, brilliant, absolutely wonderful, and and you're you're totally right. There are there is no such thing as no meds errors. In my pharmacy, we near miss report and uh, log our errors, and we're up to about five a week, kind of at the moment, um, and that's good for us. When we take on new staff, that goes up to maybe ten or fifteen a week near misses. Um, and we're catching those things looking for trends that's exactly what we're trying to do and what Sam's highlighting there is that that's what we should all be doing we're, we're all looking at why are our errors occurring what is leading to these errors happening any inspector that comes in and says and, and you say to them we haven't got any errors will will definitely know that you're not telling the truth or worse that you you don't know that it's happening Dumped which is Un unbelievable to go into places and they think that they're they're sort of squeaky clean so um, yeah absolutely do um, drill down into it if people are not reporting that they are making errors something's wrong so drill down further ask why Alex absolutely everything you do just asking why are we doing this for the for the resident what 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 is the outcome that we're achieving here and it's to make sure that what we're doing at the end of it is safe there are brilliant um, pieces of software out there, email systems and all that kind of stuff, which do a lot of the reporting for you. But honestly, that's useless without you going into it, looking at it, re-auditing it, checking that exactly. actually we're making changes within our, our processes so that we can actually make things better. So the last thing to add on is, it's everything Mike said, but the most important bit is, what is the lasting impact on the quality of life for the people that you care for? That's it soon as you answer that question you will be able to prove how good your service is if you keep that very important question what is the lasting impact if you do not have the lasting impact it doesn't mean anything great you had a great day Woo, super how did that improve the quality of life for the resident what is the long-term effect are they more mobile are they work are they walking better are they sleeping better are they having less prn hundreds and hundreds of questions come out of this all of which you can use to prove why your services are doing such amazing work that they already do on a daily basis. Use the technology to help you find the trends. And then ask for help. Yes. That's, that's the next thing that you do. Because actually, if you can't figure it out yourselves, get someone in that might be able to see some trends for you or, or work out actually what might be going wrong. You've got these guys here, skills, yeah. skills for care down the end. You know, there's so many resources for you out there that you can just tap into and you're not on your own. So on that note, thank you so much for taking part with us over the last two days. Thanks to all the directors, amazing Brad on the AV and tech, five on a bike for filming everything, these amazing panelists, and of course, you guys at the show. So thank you.